Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. I think it's going. It's going. We're Hi. here. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. <laughs> Today is the gorilla... TTBB edition. Yeah, we're um, <laughs> we're literally lying on separate beds <laughs> in a hotel room in Kansas City right now. Yes, in Westport. I'm looking at my phone. <laughs> I just ate a protein snack pack. A Kirkland brand protein snack pack. So there, what was in there? Raisins? Ra- uh, craisins and cashews or almonds and a form of cheddar cheese. It's pretty good, huh? Cheese niblets. It was a, an appropriate amount of snack. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. What are we doing here, Steve? <laughs> we are. We are. We came down to Kansas City to see Roger Waters in concert at the T-Mobile Center this evening. I don't think I've asked you this, and we already we've been in the car for like three hours. Have right, we've ever, already said everything we have to say, so today's going to be kind of a mixed bag. Well, I had problems. I had similar problems, work problems that I just didn't want to rehash on the. That's podcast. right. So we, we, we worked out Joel's work problems prior to recording this today, so you can all be grateful for that. Uh, I was gonna. You've never <laughs> seen any. Have you ever seen any iteration of Pink Floyd? I have not. Live? Nope. Have you? I have not. Hmm. When I first came back to Lincoln in '94. They had just played, like Pink Floyd, Dave Gilmore, Pink Floyd, had just played in Ames, Iowa. So a lot of the people that I worked with had gone to, to that show. Oh. And they, and I mean, I had just come off of a, I mean, I had just been, spent the last, well, four years going to a bunch of Grateful Dead concerts and was not super impressed by that situation. Yeah. I was kind of, they were like, that's the coolest thing ever. And I'm like, well, you really haven't been to many concerts, have you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it was fine, and they played the extended guitar solo and comfortably numb, and they probably mm-hmm. had... I'm sure it was a cool concert. I'm, I'm not trying to be a complete dick, but this was like a lot of... Like, basically, farm kids had yeah. gone to the big rock concert right. and had their shit blown out. And not yeah. that that wasn't valid, but I wasn't impressed. <laughs> you was know, I was... The, was this the Pulse thing? Yes, it was like oh, what became okay. the Pulse tour. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Because mm-hmm. that was honestly... I mean, I my stepdad tried to get me into Pink Floyd, and I through think, Pulse. No, no, no. Oh, good. Through like Piper at the Gates of Dawn, and oh yeah, even that like that's a different kind of well, yeah. That's a weird entry point. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I just wasn't ready for it yet. No, but I, I don't know if I'm ready for it yet. I don't. I don't. I'm for sure not ready for what's about to happen. But I think I think I had the well. Okay, I did have a very stereotypical. Stoner, stoner college kid Pink Floyd experience okay. with my friend Jeremy went. Oh, you told hopefully. me about this, I think. Yeah, yeah, we 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 got really high. Uh huh. We went to a park. Uh huh. And listened to Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, good. Uh huh. And then halfway through, like probably three quarters of the way through the album, some punk kids um, decided to pelt the car with snowballs. Did they harsh your mellow? It was the worst harshing of mellow ever. Worst I than was your scared. Dad I was angry. Uh-huh. I think we chased them. Oh, good. And then it was funny. Uh huh. But th- that that was like the first time I ever sat down with any Pink sure. Floyd music. Well, I think that's I for. I think that everybody should get a copy of Dark Side of the Moon, and listen to it at 
is loud on a good stereo really loudly. I agree. Because it's 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 one of those. Uh, I mean, I just think it's that worthwhile. There's a couple tracks that haven't aged very well. Some of the instrumental stuff um, with the synthesizer, yeah, and like that. The, but I mean, the last the eclipse and brain damage and all. Yeah. Forget about it. It's, yeah, amazing. it's amazing. It's amazing. I could recite the whole thing right now. You want me to? I would rather you didn't. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. So that was. I mean, and I think I saw the wall movie didn't really understand what they were trying to say. Right. And I watched it recently as I was getting ready for the semester. How was it? It made a shitload of sense now. Oh, absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just that, that, you know, some dejected, you know, antisocial person getting sucked into fascism. Uh-huh. Wow. Is that relevant? That's totally relevant, dude. I was watching it. I'm like, oh, this tracks. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was on to something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it's interesting because that, I mean, well, I mean, I'm obviously not a history person, but like listening to interviews with him and even like uh, uh, other British musicians of that time period mm-hmm. that came, that were born during World War II and who came of age in a, uh, in a London that had been bombed to shit. Right. And all of the men that survived had PTSD untreated. Mm-hmm. And it was really not great. Yeah. It was a rough, hard scrabble uh, existence yeah. on a lot of levels. And so a lot of the frustration, like, for example, Pete Townsend, right. Roger Waters coming out of that. Yeah. Like, their childhoods were not puppy dogs and rainbows. Right. And, and that's interesting, too, to think about. Roger Waters' dad was killed in World War II. He never knew him. Yeah, like po- post-World War II Europe is very different than post-World War II United States. Yes, 100%. <laughs> well, we had this nice economic boom. Yeah, yeah. And every, the cars were bigger. Everybody was booming. Yeah. The uh-huh. money was flowing yeah. for certain demographics. Cer- yeah, right. But, yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah, their their whole take on things is... It's a little different. It's a little different. Mm-hmm. And I... I get the sense that this particular, and we talked we talked off mic about it. Like, Roger Waters has some things that he would like to leave us with. Yes. On this tour. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very much so. Because I, I, you know, he's the kind of this is the kind of show that plays the same playlist or the playlist plays the same set list. So I found a playlist of the set list on Spotify, and it's yeah. like, as I was listening to it, I was like, oh, there's like a story being built here with uh-huh. the curated. Mostly Pink Floyd, some solo stuff. Sure, you know, I'm I'm pretty excited for it, and I'm also excited for the just the audio visual spectacular of it. Yeah, it's huge jumbo screens. Yeah, and... the whole it'll be probably the most elaborate staging that I've ever seen. Yeah, so I'm yeah. looking forward to that because right. that's kind of his thing. Yeah, it's his thing. Yeah, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm too. I mean, I mean, you know, I don't expect to walk out of that show. Uh, with this profound sense of joy <laughs> no. and harmony, no. and uh, and which I think is the the purpose. Yeah, it's and, called and it's called the uh, what's, the, what's the, the name? This is not a drill. Yeah, it's kind of heavy. Yeah, like this is like all the things that I've been singing about for the last fifty years are actually happening now. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the descent into fascism and madness. Yeah. Does any of this ring true to you, fuckers? Yeah, so this should be good. Yeah, it'll be lighthearted. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be, you know, it'll be, a, it'll, be a, it'll, it'll be a nice little, it'll be a nice show. 
<laughs> I hope he tears our fucking heads off. Well, I, yeah, I did. You know, I did a little of the uh, YouTubing. Uh huh. And saw some stuff, and I'm like, this is going to be a spectacle, regardless. Right. But I think there is. I mean, just listening to the sequence of set list, it's going to have. There's a. There's a. There's a point here. There's sure. a very sharp point to this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm stoked, man. I'm stoked to get to get out of town. Right. Three days I just got back to town. You did. Oh yeah. <laughs> we should cover. You know, last week. Oh we, yeah. We didn't have. We didn't pot. Well, we potted. Well, we we've been off for a week. It's been a week and a half. So we got off. We got off schedule, right? Because remember this yeah, Sunday, but then we pushed it. Thing. Oh, and then I you had. A, and then you had an injury situation. Yeah, a bug flew into my eyeball. Right, because we, we were did... gonna do our special guest, who we'll do on the eleventh. Yeah, so we'll, we're getting kind of two kind of back to back. Yeah, yeah. Well, but yeah, then you okay. went to Chicago to see a yeah, fucking we went, festival. I went to a music festival with my wife. I went to an actual three day hippie. Well, I wasn't even heavy. That I shouldn't say that because it really, really wasn't what it was. Although it kind of was. There was a lot of different music. Yeah. But I've never. It was the Sacred Rose Festival in Bridgeview, Illinois. And I've hated that name since we first because it just sounds sounds corny. It sounds so corny, and I'm just <laughs> like I I I have this aversion to like pseudo spiritual things in rock and roll. Yeah. Because I like. I mean, I like a band called The Grateful Dead. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the spirituality of that kind of takes its own form, and yeah, yeah. whatever form you come to it with, right? Yeah. Or leave, or whatever. So the the sacred is kind of so. But we, there was a couple of things we really wanted to see at this particular festival, and so we thought, well, what the hell, let's do it. Yeah. And uh, and so we did it. And the I I will like the short version of that story is I thought it was great. I thought it was great. The third day kind of got ruined by weather, but we can't control that. Yeah, and that was the day we were supposed to see Joe Russo. Supposed to see Joe Russo. And I mean, not that we didn't try. And not right. that they didn't try. I mean, the, the festival organizers did the best they could in a shitty situation. They really did everything in their power to continue to make the show go on. Yeah. And it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, they don't want to be responsible for, for people dying. People dying, the Getting stage falling the over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like, no harm, no foul. Like, I was, I'm not bitter about that at all. Because, again, they, it was beyond their control. Right. And uh, Holly and I had a great, that was our favorite day of the whole thing, actually, uh, despite everything for other reasons. Notably, uh, Portello's. Today's episode is brought to you by Portello's of Chicago. Because um, it was delicious and wonderful, as always. Which um, I'm pleased to hear they have a veggie dog. They have a veggie dog now. And that's how you know the universe is splitting in half. <laughs> well, I, I get to go to Chicago in December, so I'm very excited to have that a veggie dog, veggie Chicago dog at Portello's. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that was really cool. I, I need to say that I this is my first time going to one of these big multi-day, multi-band situations, and I was a little apprehensive about it, mm-hmm. and I for a, a variety of reasons, and I didn't need to be. Man, the the organizers turned. Uh, essentially abandoned professional sports complex in the middle of an industrial wasteland into something really kind of magical and cool and I have to wonder if like the promoters of these huge festivals I mean I know that that there have been good versions of that since but mm-hmm. that recent Woodstock 99 documentary yeah is, well that's a huge I, warning sign to everybody I had just watched that in the lead up of the and that's a whole other situation but the guy that put this one on his name is uh, 
uh, Michael Berg, and he's been doing this for like 15 years. The summer oh. camp festivals, like this is not oh, his first rodeo. Okay. So there was some experience. Behind but it's it. the first quote unquote sacred. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, but you know everybody there, like I didn't see one instance of like rudeness or overt stupidity. Yeah. Or like extreme intoxication. Yeah. Or like. I never saw anybody carried out on a stretcher. I never saw anything other than like a spirit of camaraderie and helpfulness yeah. and we're all in this together and it was genuinely delightful. Well, how was the actual organization of the whole situation though? Like, mean, that, like how, was it good or yeah, did they, it, yeah, did they like the rather only, than the vibe of people, which I think the only, well, logistically, there were tons of food vendors. There were tons of porta potties. Like I never waited to get into a porta potty. That's huge. And the porta potties were relatively clean all weekend. Wow. And I never waited for food. That's huge too. Yeah. There was no ridiculous. There was no waiting in line for an hour to buy a nine dollar bottle of water. They had water filling stations. That, that's and the, water, the thing I think outdoor festivals are getting hit to, which is like, provide fucking people water. Yeah. They're paying yeah. sixty dollars to get in for a day or, or more or more. Give yeah. them water. Right and. uh and it was just all in all, it was, we did spring for VIP parking, which was totally worth the money. Um, it wasn't that much more, whatever. It was great. And, uh, I don't know. I just had a great time. Do I feel the need to do it again next year? I don't know. We'll see who's planned. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, it was a kind of a long time and I don't know. I mean, it's definitely a commitment, but I mean, for my trepidation going into it, none of that was founded. Yeah, that, that, I had some trepidation going to that small one in Omaha, the Outlandia Festival. Which apparently was awesome. It was amazing. Uh-huh. Went off without a hitch. Uh-huh. It was their first time doing anything like that. Right. Brandon Miller. And it was... He's great. It worked really, really well. And mm-hmm. like, you know, depending on who they have, they had a great variety of bands. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I did... I, I do... I'm sympathetic to what you're saying, though. It's like, how could... There's a massive amount of people at this mm-hmm. thing, and we're all kind of here for this mm-hmm. how is this going to go is mm-hmm. this going to go south or it, you know what I mean certainly like, nothing's for certain it can always go wrong right but it's really nice when it doesn't right the only kvetch at this thing was that there were three stages and due to the layout and the space constraints of the facility you could always hear the other music if it was playing oh. and most of the time that didn't bother me a lot because it was actually kind of cool because the music was continuous. There was always music that you could hear. Yeah. And you could kind of like, oh, that sounds cool. I think I'll wander over towards that cool sound that I like right now. You know? Were, were the stages really far apart from each no, other? No, they weren't. That was kind of, I mean, they were far apart, but like the two main stages were side by side. Hmm. And then the third stage was in the line of fire of their two PA systems. So the two big stages alternated. Kind of, yeah. But not entirely. Sometimes they overlapped. That'd be weird. Well, it was weird. That's what I'm saying. It's like you could always hear... No, I mean, if you're standing in front of a giant PA, that's a different sonic experience than standing 50 yards off to the side of another gigantic PA. Right. But, like, the bass wash and the... Yeah. You know, so that, I mean, there were... That was the the most frequent complaint of the whole thing was people didn't like that. Yeah. And I, at times, didn't like it either. But the overall... Like, I wasn't going to let that... Like, I took it in stride. Yeah, you kind of have to just decide to lock in with yeah, what yeah. you're Exactly. Watching. Just yeah. lock in. And when whatever you were watching was, like, loud, mm-hmm. then you couldn't hear the other. It wasn't even a... But if it was, like, a kind of a... So there were a couple of things... A couple of times where the thing that I cared about 
was softer and dynamic and yeah. kind of gentle. And then you've got like the war on drugs. The next stage <laughs> over, just bah! you know, it kind of that that was kind of a bummer. Yeah, there were two moments where I was like, God damn it, really now? Yeah, you know. Well, th- this is what I really want you to talk about is you got to be in the presence of Phil Lesh. Oh, well, yeah. If if you're listening to this and you don't, and that name doesn't go, oh shit, then you can just stop for a little while. But um, Phil Lesh was a founding member of the Grateful Dead. He's 82 years old this year, and since, well, 1999 has been playing um, the most interesting Grateful Dead music, uh, I think, that has ever existed, frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, Not all great, but most interesting. And uh, he has taken an attitude towards what he refers to as the canon of Grateful Dead music as an opportunity, this songbook, this timeless... Huh. body of material yeah you know hundreds of songs and his deal is and he's gone through phases but his this iteration of Phil Lesh and Friends every show that he's played this summer has been with a different band really the only constant has been his son Graham on guitar and vocals okay I didn't know that every show has been a different band so he has toured with Phil and Friends as sort of a symbol well Phil and Friends is a brand Okay. And that can take whatever form Phil feels like taking it in. The different, like, like the Dead and Company thing and, pre- and like, Further, which was a previous thing with Bob Weir, but, like, right. Dead and Company, for current the last five years, Dead and Company doesn't exactly try to recreate, but the vibe is late, early, late 89-90 Mega Dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. MTV right. Darlings. Right. 100,000 people, Mega Dead. Like, that's the big stadium. Like, that's the thing where Phil has taken a completely different approach, which is that it's still very, it's more experimental. Mm -hmm. It's less formalized. Well, with Dead and Company, there's some improvisation, but it's formulaic as fuck. Yeah, you know kind of where they're going to go. You know what's going to happen. They don't. They don't like the, set the, basket. the set list will get mixed up, but once they kind of, you kind of know where it's going to go. John yeah. Mayer's going to play some amazing guitar, you know. Yeah. With Phil, it's still truly because like this last, every member of the band is different. That's different drummers, I, I different no guitar idea. players, completely different. And when he played Bethel Woods, they did a ramble. They played like like the band, like they brought in Levon Helm's grandson. Wow. You know. Yeah. And like the they played someplace in California with like Stanley Jordan on guitar and and a harpist. Yeah. You know, I mean like just this he's blowing he's taking the core, the canon, yeah. the canonical versions of songs and throwing oh, I don't know, Jeff Tweedy and Nels Klein of Wilco at it. <laughs> and let's yeah. and let's see what happens. So that's what I'm really curious because I, I am I'm For one not, night. I, I that's that's the crazy thing, is that uh-huh. like well Phil's eighty two years old. And is still, it's not the fucking Beach Boys out there lip syncing their way through Help Me Rhonda for the thousandth fucking time. Right. Which, it, side note, Kirsten thought that the, and this is a shout out to my wife, she was convinced until we saw the Beach Boys that the song Barbara Ann, Barbara Ann mm-hmm. was Baba Ram. That's not uncommon, actually. Really? Mm-hmm. That's a, one of those common, like, I excuse had no... me while I kiss this guy, kind of. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, Barbara Ram. So... What was it like to hear? I mean, I've listened to some of the audio. Yeah, yeah. audio I haven't listened to. Well, all I that. haven't seen Phil since we saw him in 2015 at Soldier Field. Oh wow! Okay. With the the quote the Fairly Well shows, right? And so that's 
I mean, for those of you listening, that don't, this doesn't mean anything to him. Like, when Phil Lesh was 75 years old, he sold out Soldier Field in Chicago, Illinois, three nights in a row in two seconds. Yeah. People came from all over the world for those concerts. Yeah, they did. Literally. Yeah, it was epic. It was, in fact, epic. Yeah. The music was okay. Sure. But the event... So, I mean, just like for perspective. Yeah. And this, by the way, was 25 years after the Grateful Dead played their last concert. Amazing. So, like for perspective... Yeah. The most storied rock and roll band, one of them, if you can even call the Grateful Dead a rock and roll band... Yeah. Uh, 30 years later... To still be very active yeah. and very proactive in creating new art based off of a legacy of work that is unparalleled. So what was it like to add Wilco to the mix? It was great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's like for people that like like for people that it's it's pointless to try to describe it because for people that know who Phil Lesh is and say, oh, I saw Phil Lesh. They go, oh, cool. Yeah. And nod. How you know, like, that? Like yeah, the dude no, say it was great. And they go, cool. Yeah. Because they know that you can't describe it. Yeah. If I would say, well, how was it? Ah, there were some spots. Then everybody goes, cool. Because right. they know that they gave it the best shot and it just didn't work. Yeah. Because that's part of the deal. Yeah. And then if you say, well, I saw Phil Lesh. And you're like, who's Phil Lesh? It doesn't, why would you try to describe it anyway? Yeah. Okay. It's pointless. That's fair. So, so, Slightly more in depth because you know what I'm kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, I think about. there are people who give a shit what, about what so what I'm so Jeff Tweedy. I mean, he's a deadhead from way back. Yeah, which, yeah. So like he, I think he probably enjoyed. Because uh, that has has that ever happened? I'm trying to think. Uh, well, I mean, Phil has he sang Ripple with Wilco yeah. like 25 years ago. I, I they were in Northern that. California. He came out and sang Ripple. Yeah, but I don't think they've ever like played a show together. Mm. So Jeff Tweedy, I mean, he's a songwriter, and he brought his tweediness to the Garcia Classics, mm-hmm. to Franklin's Tower. He opened, they opened with Dire Wolf, and it was yeah, that was the most mellow thing they played all night long, and it was perfect. Yeah, he was the he was the old storyteller telling the Dire Wolf story. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It was great, and uh, and Nels Klein is just a far out guitar he's player. He's a fucking wizard. I he's mean, a I, wizard. I I got to see Wilco. Just, just a few weeks yeah, yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, so that's interesting. Dude, and it was mind-blowingly good. Yes. I hate you a little bit, but fine. Well, that, just to hear him, uh, to see him play that stuff that what, I... What, Nels Klein? Yeah, Nels yeah, Klein yeah. play that, just to let, to see him lose it a little bit uh-huh. in, in spots on songs on their studio albums uh-huh. that I thought were perfect takes of what he wanted yeah, yeah, yeah. he was able to do that live uh-huh. and just sort of go to those places and kind of lose himself Allah sure. forgive the analogy but kind of like when I watch Mike McCready of Pearl Jam just sort of go into a trance yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of leave uh-huh. his body in uh-huh. front of everybody uh-huh. like forget that the world's there and yeah, just sort of rip it things yeah yeah well that's so I was curious because I I have unfortunately never seen Wilco in fact I wanted to note <laughs> the last time we did this in a hotel room, the podcast was trying to go see Wilco last summer. God, I really hope this water Roger Waters fucking show it, happens. Yeah, it will. Um, but anyway, so like, but I've I've you know seen like I know enough of Nils Klein to know that he's really far out. Yeah. And and so I wanted to see because he's played pretty consistently with Wilco for a long time now. So that's kind of his home court. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. So I, I wanted to see how that translated in an unfamiliar environment with different musicians. Mm-hmm. with different songs 
you know, and it was great. Like yeah. he, he's that, he's one of those guys that can just drop in. Yeah. And he played like a lap steel for some songs and he played just, he didn't have many effects, just a pretty much straight, clean blues tone all mm-hmm. night for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. He, like kept it simple, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. concentrated on the song. And yeah. The, and, uh. But when it got time to let loose, he had no problem. Yeah, dude. Just getting weird. He can get really out there and uh-huh. like take take the solo to this deconstructed weird. Yeah, place. yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like he does not adhere to. I mean, I'm sure he can. He can. But you have when, to be able when you to. hear him play, kind of let when they let him rip with Wilco, it's uh-huh. like there's. I, there's no scale. He's not on a scale of any no, sort. Not, you know what I mean? It's right. just out there. But that, that was really great because I knew that was kind of what I was expecting. Because sometimes some of the guitar players that sit in with Phil, that's what they do. Like or like I want to say they do the Ornette Coleman thing, which is just complete dissonance. Mm-hmm. You know, Phil mm-hmm. like okay, now you can do the dissonant thing. So they do their dissonant thing. Yeah. Right. Because that's what they do. Yeah. But Nils also could lay down the funk. Nice. Yeah. Like in Shakedown Street, like he could he could do that too. Nice. Like he's a well-rounded musician, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but the thing that like his particular Nels Kleinness, the thing that makes him Nels Klein, he was able to. There were multiple times during the night where Phil would give him the nod. Yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> like just yeah, go. Yeah. You know, is did did Phil sort of act as the band leader? Is that I kind think of the dynamic yes on stage? to a certain extent, but I also think that Phil's son Graham, who's an accomplished musician of his own, yeah. Um, I think he's starting to take that role over a little bit. Nice. Yeah, he was kind of guiding some of the... Because it was a big band. It was Jeff Kameny on keys, Stu Allen on guitar, John Molo on drums, um, a female vocalist whose name is escaping me now. Um, Margot Price dropped by for a few to shake oh, the tambourine. I got to see her at Outlandia. She was great. She's great. Yeah. Um, and then Carl Denson was there from Carl Denson's Tiny Universe. If you haven't listened to Carl Denson, everybody go listen to Carl Denson's Tiny Universe. Um, he's okay. like a, he, like, they played like the jam band scene for a long time. Jeff Kameny, did he, does he, did he, has he, has he played with Phil and Friends? Because I know he I think on and off over the years a little stuff, bit. But... Yeah, but he's mostly Bob Weir oriented. Okay. He's essentially like Bob Weir's keyboard player. Right. So that was a little bit of a, Digression, yeah. I guess you know, crossing the streams a little bit. Yeah, I kind of caught. Careful when you do that, crossing the streams. Yeah, you gotta be careful. Well, and that's I was wondering, like how that. What's going on with Bobby? You know, <laughs> <laughs> don't to play with Phil, you know, because um, there's definitely that element there, you know. Yeah. Um, do you think? Do you think that the split? I mean, and maybe maybe this is more conjecture than is even worth exploring, but the idea of. Why they don't do further anymore is because Bob wanted to do Megadeth and Phil wanted. It's just to get artistic it. differences. Yeah, they did further for a while. They came back. You know, like let's do. I'm a great really f- glad I got to fucking see that. Right. I mean, they further was a Grateful Dead cover band with yeah. founding members of the Grateful Dead. Is yeah, what it was. For you sure. know. Yeah. Um, I mean, they literally hired the the biggest fake Jerry Garcia to play that. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like yeah. it was kind of that thing, and and it worked for a while. It was fun. I'm glad I got to see it. I'm yeah. glad you got to see it. Yeah. It was cool. But I really think after a few years of it, they're like, no, all right, this is, I think we're done here. Yeah, we want to do different stuff. There's a really good book, <laughs> and I can't remember the author, I can't remember the title, but it's literally Joel, what's his name? Ah, whatever, it's ex- exhaustively researched, chronicling the Grateful Dead um, from the time Garcia died through Fairly Will, 25 uh, years later. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of, I mean... Bob can be a little difficult, and Phil can be a little difficult. Yeah. For different reasons. And they've earned it. 
Well, I mean, they've always been that way. Yeah, okay. You know, I mean, yeah. it's very hard sometimes just to be a fan of Bob Weir, let alone a co-worker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine that. Right. So, I th- after a few years together, I think they were like, yeah, I think we can just call this. A co-worker, when you say it, it's like, that's so true. I mean, that's, yeah. we see them as these fucking legends, but... Well, they are legends. But on tour, they are legends, but they also have to be co-workers. They also have to live with each other. Yeah. Uh-huh. And travel and deal with whatever the fucking, you know... Right. Bob's workout schedule. Or whatever. His yoga time before, well, you know, sound check. I don't think that was the biggest problem. <laughs> Probably I mean, not. I, I think there was a time when the painkillers were an issue. No, there's, yeah, there's so, that. Uh-huh. But uh, anyway, it was, to answer your question in a roundabout sort of way, it was so good to see Phil Lesh again. Yeah. I mean, my relationship with him goes back to, well, in person, 1990. Yeah. It's my wow. longest relationship. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And one that, when you talk about the Grateful Dead, you you lock in with Phil. I mean, you've always... He's my guy. It. He's your guy? He's my guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always has been. Mm-hmm. Because Phil is an alien. Yeah. I mean, he's just... He's like, he's like Men in Black thing, where you're looking at a, like an alien with this human skin on him trying to act like a human. <laughs> this is what I think the humans would like to hear from, yeah. the, from this electric bass creating instrument. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can reduce my cosmic intelligence to this four string instrument. Right. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm gonna need some more power. <laughs> and for a while a lot of Heineken. A lot of Heineken. <laughs> well, you know, when you when you're trapped on Earth. <laughs> you, you, Dude, I get it. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Like that's you know, he managed to just kind of find his way, bumble his way into this weird music thing. He is a weird dude. He's that's a what fucking I'm nerd, too. Like, 100%. He's the coolest nerd. He's the coolest nerd that's ever... Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That's cool you got to do that, man. I'm very, very, very grateful to A, have crossed paths with that situation, and B, to have gotten to do it one more time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the, uh, the breakout artist that blew your mind. What was oh, his name? Corey Wong. Ah, he sat in with this other band, Moon Taxi, and they were okay, but even Holly was like, I don't think we need to see them again. They were, it was fine. Sure, sure. Just not, but it didn't hit me on any level that needed to be hit again. And, right. But Corey Wong, this guitar player, came out to play, filled in, played a little thing with Moon Taxi, kind of kind of like, oh, he's kind of like a Stevie Ray Vaughan situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was cool. I like the Corey Wong. Yeah. So we had wandered off and we did some food or whatever, and he was getting ready to play on another set. And I thought, well, let's wander back over to the stage where he's playing. And I was expecting, like, you know, a, maybe a four-piece blues thing. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and I'm like, what is that? That's like a horn section. And, uh, and sure enough, he had this full funk band. Nice. Five-piece horn section, keys, insane drummer, this Bootsy Collins motherfucker on bass. <laughs> And uh, it was amazing. Nice. Love the Corey Wong. Corey oh, Wong. and Andy, Fra- Andy Frasco in yeah. the UN. Yeah, I didn't. I know nothing about Andy Frasco. I love Andy Frasco. And now he's 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 a must my, see. I all of my evening prayers will have Andy Frasco in them because he needs them. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. There's a lot. Well, he was just so fun. He was. I mean, he's definitely on the. I'm here to party. Yeah. Until I drop. Nice. Tonight and forever. When it ends, it ends. That's mm-hmm. it. But mm-hmm. I, like another guitar player, well, he doesn't play guitar, but, you know, I've opted for fun in this lifetime. Right. Let's get after it. Right. right. I have this band. We're going to put it to 11. Mm-hmm. 
until we until until we're dead. Yeah. And that could be next week. I don't know. Right. You know. So might as well go for it now. Yes. And uh, but it's not. But it's not in like a because it's really easy to do that in like this nihilistic way. In a like dark decade. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's not what his trip is at all. It's hmm. like be in the moment. This is all we've got. He chose joy in this life. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And joy includes a fair amount of scotch. You know, well, but you he's know, not wrong. Right. But I mean, like, but that's what my point is. is like, yeah, he's kind of, I would say self-destructive a little bit, mm-hmm. but, but for the right purpose. <laughs> if that makes sense. For a party. Oh, yeah. Like his show was an insane, joyful party. Yeah. Legitimately, like, have you ever seen this much fun? Like you could feel the fun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then after, kind of towards the end of his set, he kind of, he literally sat on top of his Hammond organ and was like, look folks, I don't know how long I'm going to be alive. Mm-hmm. Not like, not in a bullshit kind yeah, of yeah. heavy metal kind of, yeah. you know, like yeah. this is part of our shtick. It wasn't a warning. It no. was a truth. Yeah. He was just saying like, look, this is my life. I've chosen it. Yeah. I, it's a hard life. Mm. You know? Yeah. We're on an eleven-day bender. This is our last show for this little run, yeah. you know. And frankly, we're feeling, you know. Was, yeah. Um, he gave just a nice little homily, is what it was yeah. about being in the moment and living for now. Mm-hmm. And the past is the past, and the future. Well, fuck, I might not be here. You might mm-hmm. not be here. Mm-hmm. So what? What the? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? What are we doing? I think we should rock it out one more time. And they launch into this insane funk bar mitzvah situation. Yeah, you sent me that video of him like they're doing the Hava Nagila. Yeah, in the middle of that's the literally he literally hops out in front of in the middle of three thousand people and does a Hava Nagila. <laughs> yeah, it was so amazing. Oh, with a, a little of closer by Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, then they the come back into I want to fuck you like an animal. <laughs> what? So what was his name? Andy Frosco and the UN. Okay. I mean, Amazing. I gotta see it. I would love I gotta see this to whole... get all our friends together. But I'm glad you, you told that story. I wanted you to say it on mic. Huh. I needed to hear that. Like, fucking enjoy this. Yeah. I needed to hear that. Today. Yeah. I appreciate that. Oh, I appreciated the shit out of it in the moment. Yeah, right. I mean, he literally, like, sat on the edge of his, sat on his organ and was like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like seriously. Yeah. This is what we've got. Huh. Like it doesn't get any better than this if you want it to be. Kinda. Yeah. Like this is this is all we've got is this moment right here. Yeah. What are we doing? Hmm. And he threw it out at us, you know. And and three minutes later we're doing the hobby. <laughs> with with uh, going into closer by nine inches. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was insane. Which is my favorite thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joyfully. Joyfully. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. hmm. yeah. So anyway, yeah, it was great. Thanks for asking. Yeah, man. I'm glad you got to tell that story. It was I fun. It's cool that you, and that you and Holly got to get away and yeah. see some rock and roll music and have oh, fun and eat well, some meat and whatever you we do. Ate, we ate the grilled meat. We went to, so we also went to the Wonder Museum in Chicago. Yeah, tell us about it. It's very cool. I don't need to spend a lot of time on it, but I, it's not, I don't know if I would drive to Chicago just for that. Yeah. But if you're in the neighborhood, highly worth spending a morning at for sure. The, just weird experiential yes. artistic exhibits. Yes. Not in, not completely off the wall like Meow Wolf. It's curated. It's like each, there's, a, yeah. you know, it's like, I think maybe 13 individual installations. Okay. Um, 
but it's definitely far out and cool and yeah, mind Meow expanding. Wolf is is completely immersive and strange, but if you are at all overstimulated, uh huh, it can do that very quickly. Is that a good thing? I mean, yeah, I think it is a good thing, but I think that if you were like wanted to uh, take it in, like mindfully it, it's like too much to take in it's mm. so all over the place immersive crazy you're in this weird you go from one room that's like this alien bug world and then you go into this weird street scene where it's like a post-apocalyptic with all these screens and then you go into this mirror castle i mean it's just like complete psychedelic craziness it's okay. not like i mean you would dig it but yeah. i i think it's you know a curated like the Wonder Museum where it's like you can you are choosing each experience yes Meow Wolf feels like you're being thrust into the void oh good okay <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. that's like the psychedelic experience totally uh-huh. yeah it's like a, it's like walking through an episode of the Midnight Gospel I don't know what that is Steve did you not watch the Midnight Gospel on Netflix like I told you to I have not I... Duncan Trussell's Midnight Gospel I animated have, I have not watched I watched part of one episode that's the nice talk because I didn't like it. Fuck <laughs> you, man. Are you serious? I got sucked into other things. There's lots of things on Netflix. There is. There's a lot of content out there. There's a lot of content. Speaking of, we're glad you're consuming our content yes. right now. You've got to watch The Midnight Gospel. Okay, fine. I don't know. I thought it was weird. It is. <laughs> I'm banging my head against the headboard. At least, it's a, at least it's cushiony. It is cushiony so that, you know... So that people don't hurt themselves. <laughs> this is a nice little hotel room. It's not bad, yeah. It's really nice. It's modernized. Modernized, yeah. We want to thank everybody for sticking with us this far. We are uh, maybe I should put a little thing on. I'll put a little tag. This is not our usual, you know, close mic audio deliciousness because frankly I just didn't feel like dealing with all that. No, this is great. We're, we're using... recording on my Zoom uh, handy recorder. Just like, it is pretty uh, handy. It's it got is. a nice little tripod and everything. Oh, I wonder if I could I could record the show tonight. <laughs> I don't I mean I feel like they'll when they wand you they may they'll find it they'll I'm not gonna it. fuck with it I just wanna be in the moment yeah let's enjoy it. Let's, we'll let's, just, let's I don't wanna be worried about the recording I just wanna yeah, hang out let's let's, let's uh, there's somebody will have it on YouTube it'll be fine and I think I think Mr. Waters has a message for us I think so too and we should probably pay attention fine that's why we came here <laughs> was to be pummeled by the message yeah, yeah and we know we know things are bad that's fine. <laughs> That's like it's like part of it's like yeah man. He's. I hope you don't. I hope he doesn't show us a lot of news clips because I'm like man, we know it's bad. I think I think that's kind of part of my <laughs> malaise. If there is anything about this, it's like he's very much preaching to the choir. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's gonna walk out of the T-Mobile Center tonight and think you know I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea this was going on. Right. But. The music will be good. Yeah. And the, the spectacle, the, the theater of it will be... I can't wait. Yeah. yeah. Also, we will be full of Minsky's Pizza again. <laughs> Fucking A. This episode is also brought to you by Minsky's Pizza of Kansas City. Thanks, Minsky's. Thanks, Minsky's, for the food coma that we're about to receive. Where you can also get Beyond Meat on your pizza. You can get Beyond Meat on your pizza, if that's what you're into. This episode is also brought to you by Beyond Meat. You can have it on your pizza. Beyond me, meeting your what's Marin say your ideological eating disorder. <laughs>
No, I've never heard that. It's on Thinky Pain. He says. Oh, talking right. about Whatever, it's fine. I'm adjusting my pillows because I'm a recline yeah, now in the bed. I got all excited man. while I was talking about Phil Lesh because that's what happens. Yeah, you got animated. I got animated. I got a little emotional. Well, there's a lot of water under the bridge with that guy. Well, I mean, I'm. And with Roger Waters, frankly, but not quite as intimately. Yeah. I mean, I've listened to Pink Floyd on and off since I got it foisted on me by, you know, rock Drug culture. Ra- well, rock radio in the yeah. late 70s. Yep. I, I'm having I'm doing a bit of an emotional or yeah emotional pilgrimage to see Pearl Jam in a couple of weeks. Oh, that'll be awesome! A solo venture. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it all goes well. Mm-hmm. And the last time I tried to do that, Vegas didn't go well. Canceled. I got COVID. Right. Mike. Everybody McCready, got COVID. Everybody got COVID. Jeff Amick got COVID. Right. Um, I'm frankly amazed that I'm here right now because we're surrounded by COVID. So. Yeah, we're kind of in a. Um, I think the the latest CDC recommendation is uh, don't ask, don't tell. That's pretty much, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. La, 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 la. yeah. <laughs> See, you said CDC recommendations about COVID can be signed to us. Fuck around and find out. Fuck around and find out, guys. We yeah. don't know. We don't know. We tried. We tried. Nobody listened. People hate us for trying to help. I don't know. Whatever. We I, give. Uncle. My my mother in law is a retired nurse, and she she talked recently about because we were um, you know my brother Colin recently graduated from PA school and oh, passed man. his boards. Congratulations, yes, that Colin! Was awesome. <clears throat> we were talking about you know like when she was coming up as a nurse, it was like you looked to the CDC as some mm-hmm. sort of pillar of truth, right? And it's been completely politicized and decimated. So it's like they're like, well, we tried fuckers I don't know what to tell you right we tried yeah well I mean that's that, Fauci's the same way yeah like, I don't know I this has been a fucking disaster yeah. I'm gonna quit I'm out I'm out good luck good luck good luck good luck and good night yeah I'm out I'm going to the beach or someplace well let's go let's, let's go eat some Minsky's let's eat some Minsky's let's listen to Roger Waters blow it. our minds yeah I think we did it thanks we for, did it thanks for uh Thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. Right on. Tune in. Uh, tune in. Like it's a fucking... Whatever. Download. I don't know what to... Uh, the next time you hear us... Check we'll, it out. We we will have a very special guest, a local musician of the Lincoln area, and um, I'm very excited to talk to them. So. Yeah. Love you. Later.
don't forget, toot your hooter.